Okay. Welcome back to the Fascinating Podcast. This is episode number 291. I'm J.R. Foresteros. I'm Kathy Kong. I'm Matt McComic-Lados. And I'm Clay Morgan. <laughs> On this week's show, we're going to be talking about the hit Marvel TV show, WandaVision. Uh, but first, robots. Yep, yep. Yeah, okay. So I learned yesterday about a robot it's called a soft robot. Do you guys know about soft robots? They're made with no electronics. Hmm. I don't know how that works. How are they robotic? Exactly. I don't understand. Uh, so Duke University just released this thing. They've made a soft robot dragonfly. And the way it works, it flies on its own and it skims across the water and it reacts to things like the pH, the temperature, the presence of oil. Like it'll fly in circles if the pH is wrong like all this kind of stuff. It's not controlled. They, they can control it, but they typically don't because they said, well, animals aren't controlled. They just respond to their environment. So it's supposed to go out and like tell you stuff about the water. And so basically they used a self-healing hydrogel that they put onto the body of the robot. It's, so it's like two and a half inches long about it's silicon, and then they put on the wings this hydrogel that's self-healing, and then it just flies around on itself and senses stuff. Why so is it not be a useful. robot? Why is it what? Why, why did you guys say it's not a robot if it's electronic or something? It's not electronic. You have that's it backwards. No it is a robot that's not real electronic. Not that it's not a robot that is electronic. Uh, so this is, I, I can imagine this being useful for like water treatment facilities or farms right. anywhere that like has to measure pH levels and things like that to maintain an equilibrium. Yeah. What's, what's funny is right now, what controls the wings, what makes it fly is air pressure. So they've made like these different vents sort of through the silicone and air pressure controls it. But the, one of the lead researchers said that he works in another field. Uh, and is thinking about, could we create synthetic biology that would generate energy so it could fly on its own, like make itself fly? Uh, so here's, here's what's interesting. I think there's, there's kind of two schools of thought on robots, right? One of them is like, let's, let's recreate a dragonfly. Yeah. Uh, let's see how, let's see, as, can we get as close as possible to the real thing? The other one is like, why would we recreate dragonflies? Let's make something more awesome than dragonflies. Yeah. Let's make something that looks like a dragonfly and uh, fires lasers at things. Uh, I, I wonder why this is not the second camp. <laughs> it does. Its wings do change when it finds oil floating on the surface. It changes colors. Hmm. I, so, think, I think that's super fly. What if it, what no. if it fired lasers at the oil? I mean, what if it just had little nets? <laughs> what are the nets going to do? They're going to pick up the oil. For what? Have you never just seen oil or never seen a net? What? It's a sticky net. Why not? We got a soft robot with no electronics. <laughs> Nets can do whatever the heck they want. We have a net without holes in it to collect oil? <laughs> <laughs> so you mean like a ladle? It, it, it's something it would keep inside. Would like We call it like an internet. Oh, uh, Okay. God. <laughs> all right onward yeah so uh Kathy, be a first... little more amazed by my soft robot ai dragonfly i please. was until the mm. weird puns i feel yeah. like our segment one story of the week is really just like 
make Kathy groan in how long until Kathy can take it. Uh, well, this uh, has been our first episode yeah. since our pop culture bracketology. And if you listen mm. to the last episode, you know that we ended with two ties in our final four games. So we turned it over to you, the people, the people to vote. Mm. And uh, so we have now the final, uh, the final results of both of those games. And we are now going to vote among the four of us for the final champion of this year's bracketology tournament. So, so who were the final four again? It Game was... one was uh, Shit's Creek versus Four Seasons Total Landscape. Yeah. And uh, the voting is in, and about a 65-35 split, Four Seasons Total Landscaping took the game. Wow. Mm. Ew. So I don't know if you remember, but one of us actually called Four Seasons Total Landscaping going oh, all the I way to the, to the final is. game. Yeah, that was we Clay. Would, I remember that We would clearly. probably have to go back on the tapes and listen, but it was one of us. Hey, Aaron, uh, could you not look that up or share it in any way, please? Uh, the other one was TikTok versus the push for the vaccine. And this one, folks, was a blowout. It's TikTok, TikTok got, you don't stop. TikTok got nearly no votes and push for the vaccine <laughs> uh, was a decisive victory. So the final game of this year's fascinating podcast, Pop Culture Bracketology, is four seasons total landscaping versus the push for the vaccine. <gasps> I guess that's oh, also man. a bad sign that we have not really penetrated the TikTok market with our podcast. <laughs> I think that's accurate. <laughs> well, nobody I mean, watches actually, our fascinating podcast TikTok channel. You know, yeah. one of the one of the big things on TikTok right now is vaccine wars. People are people are forming alliances based on which <sighs> vaccine they received. So um, I'm guessing that for a lot of our, our audience, they were voting between vaccine and TikTok, and they're like, why would I just vote for the sound a clock makes? They, wow, Matt, they maybe I, didn't I look believe at it closely. I believe a lot more deeply in our fan base than that. Our listeners. Well, that's are, why when are they are vote savvy. between you and me, they're going to vote for me. Because <laughs> you think they're dumb and don't understand technology. Yeah, they're going to look at your name and go, that one looks made up, and this other one is foreign, but at least <laughs> I, I understand what it is. At least at least there are greek people in the bible yeah exactly mm. so many greek people <laughs> in the bible all right kathy oh my god what's your yes. vote in this final game oh you taking vaccine man. push for the vaccine or four seasons total landscaping this is tough because like i'm all for the vaccines but i'm thinking kind of like pop culture and i recognize that the vaccine has apparently now taken over tiktok which i think that is such a weird thing um oh this is tough i still think four seasons total landscaping Ooh. all right clay oh man what would it mean if frankie valley of the four seasons got the vaccine <laughs> there's this <laughs> a different four seasons just, what if they set up four seasons total landscaping as a vaccination hub oh that would be oh. amazing <laughs> That would be neat. All right. Uh, I actually had a very, um, for as much fun as we had with that, and and everyone said kind of the fact that it was unplanned, unintended, like it just happened. It was such a moment that really did push four seasons through everything. But I have to take the vaccine, the push for the vaccine, the vaccine, as far as like, you know, that one shining moment in, in the defining zeitgeist of the year yeah i did that with jazz hands 
Uh, <laughs> it's vaccine for me. <laughs> oh. So I don't know if y'all saw the the day after <clears throat> Easter, the New York Times released a report that said that 45% of evangelicals were refusing to get the vaccine for one reason or another. <laughs> and so I'm going to- Is that even true? Yeah. I'm picking I'm picking four seasons total landscaping because the push for the vaccine has shipwrecked upon the iceberg of evangelicalism. Ooh. Yeah, I heard 50% of Marines also. So I don't Speaking know. Oh, yeah, that's true. I saw or, that as well. I don't know if that's ideological or just like we'll just punch the virus if it comes near us, but like or maybe yay. they're like, we know about government experimentation on soldiers. Yeah. Like you know, definitely important that the people who are traveling the world the most uh, don't take precautions. <laughs> I mean, obviously, if we're paying attention to like Captain America, yeah, yeah, we know we know what that super serum could do, or don't. Yeah. So, Matt, it's two to one right now. Are okay. You going well, to, here's are you the going thing. to throw it to the listeners again? Are you going to vote for the life-saving, world-saving vaccine that billions of dollars? Is that billions or millions, do you think? It's probably yes. billions of dollars and the world was united in seeking for a cure or are you going to vote for the hilarious misadventures of some people who were disunited and messed everything up? That's what, yeah. Here's what I think. Last year, it was a bunch of feral hogs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 30 to 50 and- feral hogs. And none of our listeners went on to be attacked by feral hogs. Mm. So I feel like if I choose vaccine, maybe they won't get the vaccine. Mm. And I think all of our listeners should get the vaccine. Mm. I thought so they gonna... were going to be attacked by the vaccine. <laughs> yeah, but you can't argue with this logic. Literally. That, that, that's one of our rules about this game. I'm very Don't argue confused. with each other's logic. What's going on? Literally. <laughs> I'm going four seasons total wow. landscaping. Yeah, there you have it. Four seasons total landscaping takes to the game this year. Wow. What what a surprise to three of our four co-hosts. Um, four seasons total landscape took the win. Congratulations. Mm. Mm. Uh, and thanks everyone for voting. Uh, we had a lot of fun. This was actually the first year that we released the bracket ahead of time. Um, maybe we'll do that even a little earlier next year so you can make your own brackets and listen along and we can do some more fun contests and stuff. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, okay, for now, uh, we are dedicating this episode to the Marvel television sensation WandaVision. Wanda. So uh, this was a, was it eight episode? Isn't that right? Eight know. episode series, yeah, uh, sure. chronicling uh, Wanda and Vision. Get it? Living... Wanda Vision. Uh, huh? What? What? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you make um... fun of me. <laughs> Wait, did you not Wait. know that, Clay? <laughs> yeah, I might have been like on episode six when I realized I was like Wanda Vision. I was like, oh, I just got that. It was like it was like the, <laughs> when the Friends realized Central Park and when Phoebe finally got it. Oh, uh, we weren't making fun of you because we didn't know that was true. Of <laughs> oh, I, I had shared right. that. Maybe I just shared that with Jr. Don't worry, we weren't. And listening. I was not making fun of you. I was. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking like it's like a television show, one division. Then one day I was like, oh, Vision, yeah, that makes sense. layers, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah. So Clay, you mentioned it's like a television show, and yeah, uh-huh. this uh, the show, especially the first uh, five episodes, really made some made some headlines because of the way it 
uh, moved through sitcom history. So Clay, I know you're a big, you know, you've talked forever since on the show about your love of the eras of television. Maybe you could kick us off with your experience, what you thought of it, how you liked it, and just in general, and then we'll get into some spoilery stuff uh, here in a little bit. Yeah, so how I liked it or or the sitcom kind of yeah, history stuff? Yeah, all of yes, it. Just, both. Yeah, so uh, it is interesting. You know, when I used to teach U.S. history, I would love particular lectures more than others, like most teachers do. And when we get into post-war time, there's always like the rise of pop culture. You know, the 1950s is where... Uh, well, television comes in. So that's kind of like the driving force of so much of this that we see from music and on and on. Uh, and so it was just kind of fun to go through the decades and to look at how the American sitcom would reflect social values, you know? So like at first you've got the black and white shows and you've got Father Knows Best and Leave it to Beaver, right? And June Cleavers, of course, in our high heels and pearls vacuuming you know, at three every afternoon and dinner's on the table. And that's just like the reflection, but also those shows are selling, you know, you can look at the commercials and learn just as much. And then the sixties, you get like the working woman, you know, the single parent and then seventies, different kind of social commentary, eighties, the nuclear family, and then different diversity comes in the nineties. Now it's not about the nuclear family because that doesn't resonate with the Americans like it did 20 years before and so on. So um, we all have seen the shows and seen, you know, the syndicated, reruns of, of the various eras and just from a parody or what do you call it it's not even a satire it was just almost mm -mm. like an homage right? Mm -hmm. right just from that perspective um i think one of the real strengths of wandavision for me was kind of in those first two episodes where nobody knows what's happening you're just watching this like what is marvel doing here but you're recognizing if you're any kind of observer of television like this is exactly what it would have been like. You know, this is Dick Van Dyke show. This is Bewitched. This is, you know, on and on it goes. Brady Bunch, right? So I just found that to be really well done. And uh, as far as my overall experience, it was positive. I was kind of like chugging along. I got really interested in the middle of the season when I was like episode four. I was like, oh, now I see what they're doing. And then as soon as Randall Park gets there, everything gets better, like no matter what he's in. And then uh, I kind of had like a, yeah, we resolved it. Like it, it ended and it kind of, it didn't fizzle out, but I was just like, not really sure what to make of the end of the, of the arc. So that's my um, take on kind of the highlights. Nice. Kathy, what about you? Did you and Peter watch this? You, any of the kids? Yeah, was... we watched it together. And so that was fun because it was the like reflecting back on the sitcoms and uh, <laughs> and for me not recognizing the earlier two sitcoms because I'm younger and just didn't grow up watching as much TV as Peter. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> honey. You didn't recognize any of the black and white stuff you're saying. Yeah, well, like- Because you don't see color, right? I don't see color for yeah. sure, for sure. <laughs> and I didn't grow up like, so what was the first show was? It was like, I love Lucy, Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke, kind of, yeah. yeah. So like I've seen some of those shows in reruns, but not a ton. And then there was like a Bewitched, right? At some point. Yeah. Same thing. Like, oh, I kind of remember that show and I'm sure I watched a few episodes, but it wasn't something that was a part of my growing up. Whereas for Peter, he was like, yeah, I watched, I love these shows. I was like, oh, okay. 
okay, I don't recognize. But then it was like, oh, Brady Bunch. I recognize that. Where's the dentist chair? <laughs> um, so, so that was kind of fun and how that was incorporated in the storyline and the storytelling was um, really quite interesting. Cool I have to say that first episode, I was like, I don't know. Whereas for, I know a lot of people that first episode, it was like, oh my gosh. I was like, uh, I don't know. Is this going to be like the shtick for the whole uh, series? Um, episode two, three, much more interesting. And then like, yeah, that last episode, I felt like, uh, I'm glad there was as much closure as one can get. But I, we can talk about it more. But I was like, oh, I mean, I like the series overall. I really am glad I kind of waited it out. And Peter and I were like, yeah, we should give this a chance. Um, Does Peter have a favorite classic TV show before he watched that? Oh, you know, I don't know. I bet he does. I'll ask you, honey. <laughs> so he Matt, listens to all of these. So Matt, you had read both of the major comics that are informed that informed this, right? Right. Uh, so how how is your navigation of this? Yeah, I I uh, <clears throat> yeah. So I watched it basically by myself. My older girls were gone at, at least partway through the show, and Micah, I showed her the first episode, and she was like. I don't know. <laughs> She's like, with you, Micah. Sure I wasn't sure. Um, she eventually went back and watched it later. Like, cause I told her it, it, for her, it actually was, I was like, it gets in color later. She was like, Oh really? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so, and she didn't understand anything. Right. Like I, in the first episode, I'm like, okay, this is taking place in the house from another TV show. This is the, this is the house from the Dick Van Dyke show. And she's like, Oh, huh. Weird. Okay. Like, so all of the TV thing, it meant nothing to her. She was like, I don't know. It's in black and white, I guess. Um, so, so my experience was largely like, because I had read the comics, I already had a pretty good, I don't want to say guess, but like idea mm -hmm. of kind of what was going on. So I was like, I know they're only like half hour episodes, but I was like, come on, let's like yeah. move along. Like, I yeah. understand you're having fun but I'm not having fun. Like you're the big reveal when it comes, I already know. And you're milking right. it is how it felt to me. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't know. JR, you've read the comics too. What was your experience? Yeah. So I, I think I was actually on the flip side because I, so, so uh, in this show picks up after the events of Endgame. Uh, so vision is dead. Right. Yeah. Uh, in, right. in Infinity War, Thanos ripped the mind stone out of his head and, and mm -hmm. killed him. And so he, he's dead. And Scarlet Witch was uh, blipped and came back. And so, uh, again, I think it was fun to see a lot of Marvel fans going, wait, how is Vision here? He's supposed to be dead. Like, what's going, you know, what's going on? And the show have no interest in answering that, you know, for, for several episodes. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so the the two comics that were that that this was informed by are uh, House of M, and uh, a book by Tom King called Vision. Uh, House of M follows a story arc where the Vision is killed, and he and Scarlet Witch are married, and because of his death, she creates this whole alternate reality, where basically everyone gets what they want. So Vision's alive and she's happy, and you know. Um, 
Captain Marvel as an A-lister hero. Uh, Spider-Man is married to Gwen Stacy and no one hates him. He's popular, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Vision is about, <laughs> I mean, I remember when this comic was pitched, like, hey, we're doing a new comic about Vision, who's always been like a C-list hero. You know, he's been just in other stuff. Uh, and they were like, it's going to be about him living in the suburbs with his family. And everyone was like... That sounds terrible. That's the, that's the one I read. Yeah. It's actually great. It's because amazing. Because you would really want to live in the suburbs. Yeah. But it's yeah. Almost, you know, it, is it set in the 50s? I feel like that no, was set. No, it's not. It's set in contemporary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still that idea of we're going to look at like an Avenger, right? Who instead of doing super heroics is like holding down a nine to five and living in the suburbs with a family. You know, that's just not, very not much Wanda. about like, yeah. No, 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 no. No, Wanda's not. Well, Wanda's in it, but not till pretty yeah. late it, it's it's about the it's about the american nuclear family through mm. the eyes of yeah a robot family basically they're all soft robots i was going to say <laughs> are they real robots no they're soft so, they do have electronics um, though yeah so so again like matt i went into this knowing like be like having a basic sense of like yes vision is still dead this is an alternate reality wanda is creating and then knowing that they were doing this kind of like sitcoms through the ages i was I was loving it. Like I loved in the first episode that the laugh track was off. Like that mm-hmm. the places they would laugh were not actually jokes a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just gave that sense of like disorientation of like something's not right here. Uh, I loved, uh, I loved all of that. I, I was actually a little bit bummed when we got to episode four and mm-hmm. the stepped out outside of the illusion. I mean, it was fun to see Darcy, it was fun to see Randall Park's FBI agent back. It was it was fun to see the larger, you know, bringing Monica Rambeau back in as an adult. You know, last time we saw her was a kid in Captain Marvel. So like it was it was neat to see the world building that Marvel is you know built has built their cinematic universe on. But man, when we jumped back in and got, I think it was like the Modern Family episode. You know, uh, I I just thought that stuff was so much fun, and I agree with you, Clay. I I thought it once it once it dispensed with that. Uh, conceit I felt like the show was less interesting and I know we're going to talk about this more in spoilers but when it when it devolved into a stereotypical Marvel film at the end I felt like it became less than what it had started as that's fair what what did you guys feel this is the first time that there's been a Marvel TV show that is like so the backstory is there used to be a cinematic part of Marvel like a department and they're in and there's a TV department and they were always separate. So we like agents these, of shield, right? Yeah. So agents of shield would have these moments of sort of like Nick Fury shows up in agents of shield and it's Samuel L. Jackson, like the whole thing. Um, but it was never really connected. It was like responding to what happened in the movies. Right. And it was only one way that was like Feige, Kevin Feige said the TV shows will interact with the films, but the films will never interact with the TV shows. Right. So, and, and even sometimes like you're watching daredevil, he's running around New York. He, they work really hard not to mention the Avengers. Like you'll just have these moments. Like you'll see, I don't know, the Avengers building off in the skyline once uh, stuff or like they mention like the incident which is the or they'll be like Avengers yeah the green thing. guy but they don't say the hulk which is weird yeah. um so anyway this is the first one that's like actually it's like actors from the right. movies and it's like you you get the idea at least that what just happened in this show is gonna have we're gonna pick up with it later in the movies something about it 
uh, and it's not just the, there's things that have changed that are going to affect the characters in the movies, you, presumably. And Feige so, has said that. He said, moving forward, the Disney plus Marvel shows treat them like movies, like where if you don't, if you don't watch them, you'll miss stuff in other films. There you go. Which it's really smart marketing, but how, and, how did it feel like, I think several of us watched most or all of the other TV shows. What, uh, well, maybe not all, but we watched like the Daredevil shows. What, uh, what, how did it feel like massively different to you? Did it feel better, worse? It felt so different because of that first episode. You know, it's like it did, it didn't feel like a street level show on Netflix and it didn't feel like a movie. And, and maybe that was part of it, you know, transitioning in this, in this part of the phases. Um, and yeah, like they went so long into that first episode where they didn't do anything except just put us in this like exact copy. And there's that moment late in the first episode where there's finally the first breakaway, right? Where uh, it's, it's with the boss's wife when, when the guy's on the ground and like you, she suddenly starts to have like her first like break, you know, from the, this reality and it gets real creepy and real ominous and it lasts for like 20 seconds and everybody's looking at her and like vision doesn't seem to be aware of the fiction anymore. And like, they give you just that, not even 30 second nugget and a whole first episode. And then it ends and the credits roll. And you're like, what is this? Like, that was enough for me to be, you know, driven in. And so it kept me away from that. Like, this is Marvel. What does this feel like? And just what are they doing here specifically is kind of my mm. experience because of that first couple episodes. Maybe that was what, what they were trying to do, but um I don't know what about the rest of you well it didn't feel like a movie obviously um it it felt like tv and so that was strange right to see wanda and vision like to see all of the characters in this context and this format that is very tv format and so um and maybe that's why I was feeling so impatient because I'm like, why is this first episode? Uh, like <laughs> we're half, you know, we're like a third into a movie. Like this wouldn't work in a movie format, right? Right. Um, so I do think that that's an interesting way. Yes, brilliant marketing and um, uh, way to keep making money, I suppose. Um, and perfect during pandemic because we can't go to the movies not as easily movie theaters yeah. are starting to open up but um and i don't know if it if that makes the whole franchise more accessible i think it makes it a little more complicated <laughs> like oh my gosh how in the world am i going to keep up with all of this if there's the potential of like multiple series running right. and then somewhere down the line there's going to be a movie I only have so much capacity for uh, this kind of entertainment. Yeah. I loved it. Overall, I loved it. But it was it was a strange kind of like, oh, I have to have very different expectations. And they didn't even fit it right into like a TV format, especially with that first episode, maybe even the second where I was like, why is this taking so long? <laughs> you know, it's it's so interesting. I know a lot of people were complaining about how slow the show was, and I, I just didn't experience it that way. Really? I was I was like soaking. Mar uh, sorry, I'll go back to a story man callback. I was marinating in it. Marinating. You know, I was just 
I just, I just really, I, both my wife and me both, we were just, uh, we were obviously anxious for the next episode. We wanted to continue the yeah. story, but we weren't, I, I feel like for instance, Captain, um, or uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, those first three episodes could have been one, one, maybe one and a half episodes. Whereas I feel like everything in WandaVision was just great. And I loved getting the sitcom format and all of that. Um, I, I do. One of the things I particularly appreciate about, uh, and I think it's more true of WandaVision than it has been true so far of Cap uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is uh, this is not something that could have been a film. Mm because of the sitcom format because well, of the yeah. way they were moving it through time like this is something that could only exist as a tv show um i think when we get to the end of captain or gosh a falcon and the winter soldier it's it's literally just going to feel like a, a six-hour movie and if you stitch yeah. it all together you could watch it and just feel like you watched endgame you know and that's and that's kind of where i got to with the movies a couple years ago they i was just you know, the superhero fatigue that people were talking about. It was just mm. like, well, yeah, it was another movie. And then there was this big alien threat. And then Sky Laser. The yep. Like yep. if there's not an origin story, then it's just another movie of a character doing some things, right? Yeah. So I think if they had gone more traditional, like it, it, we might've been more excited at first instead of intrigued, but then it would have just felt like more of the same, right? Which is probably why Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. hasn't worked. In part. I mean, it went seven seasons, so I don't know. Oh, it did? Ever. Something worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, and again, I think that's why for me, the end of the la the back half of WandaVision was less satisfying because they did go that more traditional Marvel route where, yeah. you know, here, here's the big bad, here's the giant sky laser, here's the thing you got to punch until it falls out of the sky, you know. Um, but but I, I hope that we see Marvel doing more of this. Like, I hope the Loki show is essentially bad quantum leap, you know, where he's traveling through time, messing things up. Um, and I hope there's not a giant sky alien that has to get punched to death at the end. Uh, you know, because, uh, well, let, let's go through, right? We have Loki coming out soon. We have uh, She-Hulk, Ms. Marvel, Moon Knight, yes. uh, for sure, you know, coming out. And, and those are already in production, so... Uh, we have a lot more of these kind of Disney plus TV show kind of things. And the push for Silver Surfer can begin. <laughs> <laughs> but, but to my point, what I want to see is not a six hour movie on my TV once a week. Yeah. I want to see things that can only exist in television format. You're saying and you I, already have Snyder's cut of oh the Justice gosh. League. Yeah. <laughs> I, if I want to I punch myself in the face till I pass out, I'll just watch that. Um, did, did you hear they had data that 80 percent of people turned off i think episode two or three of uh, falcon and winter soldier 80 percent of people turned it off at some point huh. turned it off you mean like walked away from it yeah or just i guess they were paused dead. it stopped it i don't know if they resumed or whatever but uh huh. i didn't i mean we were definitely feeling that i think episode four was a tremendous improvement um but yeah i mean i i i, I think that i think that in terms of what is a more successful television thing WandaVision sure. is light years ahead so can I ask a question no nope. maybe in the comics Wanda Maximoff was always a, a character for a long yeah. time and she was called the Scarlet Witch correct and then we got to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and of course there were concerns I think over calling her the Scarlet Witch or that's how she was referred to in the early movies and then they stopped doing that is that accurate so 
no one ever called her the Scarlet Witch. Uh, they, they always just called her Wanda Maximoff. Okay, so I thought in my head that there had been, when she was introduced, maybe people just talked about the movie that way. Correct. So they, Everyone so, was like, oh, they're bringing in Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch because that's okay. their super So they movie. were purposeful to always refer to her as Wanda Maximoff. And part of that is because in the comics, Wanda and Pietro are Magneto's kids, so they're mutants. And <sighs> at the time, at the time they exist, at the time they brought uh, those two into the Avengers universe, Fox still owned the mutants. Oh, okay. And so the deal was, you can use these two characters as long as you never mention that they're mutants and basically don't use their names. Oh, so it had nothing to do with we don't want to call her a witch for. It had it to do all with money and money. lawyers. Money, yeah, money, money and lawyers. Yeah. Now that said, what? you know, it's funny to read superhero comics and see how they address magic, you know, and, and things like mm -hmm. demons and, and you know, I mean, in Doctor Strange, right, the, the big bad in Doctor Strange was Dormammu, who is a demon, but then how does, Dormammu. how do the, how do these, how do these uh, things deal with things like demons and Asgardian gods and all this kind of stuff, right? Usually they just say they're like on, a, on another plane of reality and, you know. And so we don't have to explain it. Right, they're, right. yeah, call them demons, call them aliens, call them whatever, they're bad and they fight you with fire, so whatever. Um, but like, it, it was interesting that when they first brought Wanda Maximoff in, she was essentially like Jean Grey, like she could move things with her mind more or less. Um, but now they've, they've sort of pushed her into the realm where Wanda is in the comics, where she's essentially like almost God level powers. Speaking of which, let's move into spoilers. Okay. They're not really she spoilers. Can, I mean, yeah, I mean, she exactly. can fight Thanos, but she can barely hang with the neighbor. <laughs> what, uh, you know, I mentioned on a previous show, I like to tease Zoe about whether Wanda is good or evil. Like, uh, Let's weigh in on that. We discover right partway through that it's not just that she's made another reality or something. It's that right. she's taken over a town, taken away right. the free will of the townspeople. They're like children are basically locked up in their rooms or sleeping or something. So she can control the adults and have the world the way she wants. Uh, Brady, it's completely that's Brady against their episode. will. They're suffering, right? Visions like the first one that Vision wakes up is like, trying to call out because his mom's dying from cancer and he hasn't been able to talk to her. Like it's pretty dark. Mm -hmm. So what Zoe is of the opinion that Wanda is clearly still a hero because she's a hero. Duh. Um, where, <laughs> where do you guys fall on this? Well, and I think Matt, you're missing the ultimate Disney point, which is that by the end, she feels bad. <laughs> she did feel a little bad. So, you know, the, the difference between heroes and villains is that villains don't feel bad when they kill people. Mm -hmm. Heroes do it because they have to, but then they feel bad. And that makes it okay. Like Tony Stark is a great example that crosses over here. Like his bomb is the one that sets Wanda off and kills her folks or when he, his technology anyway. But Back that was, he was before he guy. felt bad about it. No, but then he made Ultron who went around and, and like... he felt bad about that. I cannot believe that. <laughs> eventually yeah yeah eventually yeah. <laughs> like you've never seen a star war like her brother died because of tony stark also which sucks for her i mean but he tony's gave a his good own guy life. Yeah. well eventually he's a good guy because he feels bad yeah that's all that matters and he's quippy regret at some point and he's rich 
So, Jerry, you think for the Marvel moral universe, the the signifier of good versus evil is feeling bad about what you did? Absolutely. Uh, None of the Avengers have any compunction with killing. Uh, They just talk about how it's for the greater good or, you know, they're against us. And so we had to. I don't agree with that moral. Captain America has some compunction. Yeah. And then he feels, but he's like, well, I don't want to do this, but you're making me. Actually, you know, it's interesting. Micah pointed out in the newest this is the mildest of spoilers, but in the newest uh, Falcon uh, and Winter Soldier episode, she's like, the new Captain America is using a, a gun and I don't feel good about that. And I was like, the old Captain America used a gun in the original movie. Right, right. Yep. Like he was killing people. So I'm like, well, how's that? Yeah, different? Nazis. Jeez. I mean, yeah, that was Nazis. <laughs> but you don't think any of the Nazis felt bad? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here's here's my question now that we're in spoilers. Yeah. All right, let's hear it. Um, I, while I enjoyed the ride of the episodes that represented different periods, right? Yeah. Um, you know, at first, I don't know. Probably a lot of people were thinking like, "Oh, some some madman has her trapped in this you know alternate reality," and they would like allude to someone watching a screen or whatever. And then you come to find out, like you know, shields involved in what's going on there, or not shield, but sword. Board, yeah. and um i i just kind of like expected the reveal or the whatever the arc to not do anything more with it other than like this is what these eras looked like and so that's how they put them in here for you know however that worked out i was actually pleasantly surprised and i wonder what you all feel about this when they did the backstory of wanda and her family and 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 where they grew up and how you know, those uh, American television shows were used as a formative part of their childhood. I think very easily I could expect like people on this show to say like that was super cheesy and dumb or maybe different. I I liked it. And it was, was that a comment pointed at me? Yeah, for sure. Um, (laughs) It's the kind of of wonderful storytelling that JR would just dismiss out of hand and call stupid. I, I enjoyed that episode a lot. Actually. I felt like it was like, a lot of insight into Wanda as a character and just what you're saying, Clay, like kind of the, um, the way that the exportation of American culture affects other cultures globally. I thought that was really interesting that it was even acknowledged. In your defense, Clay, I actually thought that was the most pointless episode in the whole series because it didn't tell us anything new about Wanda. Right. <laughs> it showed that she felt bad, you jerk. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, she's sad her parents died. Oh my gosh, this is new information that I didn't learn. Why? Someone was sad that defense? their parents died. Wow, because you said I would not like it. I don't need defended against accurately saying facts about you. <laughs> oh my goodness. <sighs> Once again, no, I felt like that was a fight. Big, I felt like that was a big waste there, of Kathy. time. And that it didn't tell us anything new about Wanda. I don't know if it was so much about Wanda, but well, I mean, it, 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 to what Matt's point is, the impact of exportation of Western, specifically US culture and how that plays into the understanding of the world. And that happens all the time. That happens all the time. So, um, so I think, I know Peter and I talked briefly about that. Like, so he, that's why he enjoyed those earlier episodes, the black and white ones, because that pop culture was a part of his childhood and how that shaped him and reminded Mm -hmm. him of, you know, 
turning on the TV after school and things like that. So, um, so similarly, like how that played into her, her psyche. And then that, that sense of like, what do you go back to when the world is falling apart? And how do you create a safe environment for yourself? And, and do you go back to something that is in your childhood and in your formative years, right? So then that makes sense of why she chose those shows and how that plays out in the whole series. Um, that's- uh, Yeah, I mean, I again, I, I just, I got all of that Yeah. without that episode. I think it showed though, it showed the literal formation of terrorism as a result of centering American culture and technology in the world. That's true. Which, We've only had like three Marvel movies about that already. So it wasn't <laughs> except a movie. that it keeps like looking at we it haven't sideways. Had a TV it doesn't show. come right out and say it. Although I guess the Falcon and Winter Soldier is certainly leaning that way. Yes. But, but I think it was a lot more subtle they keep going like, WandaVision. They're like, is there's this argument happening in the marvel movies about whether terrorism is bad like they keep flirting with maybe the terrorists are good guys and the avengers are paramilitary force i mean right fascinating well yeah. what you keep seeing what you keep seeing is is them landing on the right answer and then rejecting it because it's that it's the i forget which movie it's in but it's when the two henchmen are like wait are we the baddies <laughs> oh, I just saw yesterday that was Ant-Man Micah was watching oh, that yeah. yesterday there's like actual confusion like are we are we doing the wrong thing here yeah. like, I'm not sure yeah that's Marvel the whole Marvel universe keeps walking up to that and going wait are we the baddies and then they settle for these simplistic just punch them to death answers because they can't engage in the moral complexity that you know well, yes like, actually isn't that real American life <laughs> Yes, so that's real yeah, life, yes. Right? but again, if, if the Marvel Cinematic Universe were doing that on purpose as a way to undermine American imperialism, that'd be amazing, but they're not. They're, no. so, they're so married to American imperialism that when they Whoa. accidentally tell themselves into that corner, they're, they're like, uh, uh, quick, punch it to death. And then- I mean, uh, Disney, Disney is American imperialism is the right. problem. They right. can't <laughs> undermine their own, own corporate philosophy. I mean, you act like Big Brother could absolutely do that. I mean, that's that's Neo in the Matrix, right? So they could do that if they wanted to, and they'd be fine. Captain America was created as a response to Nazis, right? In an era right. where the support of the American military and war effort was like 97%. And it was it's a character that's always going to have that legacy, right? So... It, it does make for a really rich tapestry to be able to tell like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And so as they're telling all these kinds of stories, you know, you're going to run into these other characters who might've came along later in history, but are all still part of that complicated heritage. So, but again, what you get, you get um, Agatha who is a who product of the Salem witch trials, which turned out to be about real witches. So then it actually undermines any of the yeah, I thought uh, of that. any of the fear tactics and the critique of the people who were what, afraid of was it the Salem, Salem witch trials because it was witches killing witches it was insane right it literally it was, it was insane. Insane. Salem I mean that I don't know how you I, I don't know you, I don't know how you put witches in Salem and be like what with Salem witch trials no yeah. would you think that gotcha um, <laughs> yeah if they would have just not put Salem over the screen there it would have been better but I, I did have that same reaction but here here you go right you have you have Wanda, who's 
arguably turned into a villain by American imperialism. You have Agatha, who was a witch in Salem. You could have given them the exact same arc that Agatha too was turned into a villain by this sort of white male patriarchy, like in Christian, Christian imperialism sort of right. impulse, but they can't do that, right? They can't critique the thing that Marvel movies are built on. Um, and what? so instead you get Agatha oh. and all of the witches in Salem being real witches and she's like a vampire witch or whatever. And then the end of the film becomes literally there's only enough room in Marvel movies for one strong female character. So they have to punch each other and shoot lasers at each other to death until one of them is gone. You know, but the like, thing with Agatha that's nuts is she's actually taking the good guy position in this movie. She's movie TV show. She's walking in to try and stop the Scarlet witch from right. harming all these people. And she's like, you can't be trusted. You're dangerous. I need to remove this power from you. Uh, and she's the bad guy. And then at the end, the thing, this really bothered me when it first happened. I'm like, okay, the whole thing about there's no consent. Uh, she's doing these awful things to these people. And then at the end, when she captures Agatha and Agatha's like, oh, what are you going to do? Like put me in some sort of jail. Ha ha ha. She's like, no, I'm going to do the same awful thing to you that I did to everyone. And I'm going to brainwash you and you're going to be under my control. And I was like, oh, so you literally learned nothing. Like, you don't so, feel that bad. So that's just okay. Because what? Because she's in opposition she's to you. Bad, yeah. yeah. That's the Captain America lesson. You can kill the Nazis. Because she killed a dog. I guess. I mean, probably that dog off real? screen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, and it goes back to the, in, in that, well, and it's not just in the Marvel universe that there can only be one strong female character, right? Mm. I think in reality, there can only be so many strong women. Like this podcast. <laughs> like this podcast. <laughs> there can only be me. That's right. There can only be one. We chose the best. Why I mean, Kathy, we've never talked about how many other potential co-hosts you slew to earn this <laughs> yeah. spot. I was real Hunger well, Games. It really was. I mean, lots of like laser beams. It was brutal, man. I was, I was tired. But was Kathy tired. felt bad afterwards, and that's oh, why we so it's fine. A little bad. Yeah, that's a little yeah, bad. Yeah, I mean, just a little. She, it's not like she's the nicest. No. <laughs> okay, so so I have a. Well, let me tell you what what I really liked about the show as well. We talked about the first half of the of the series, yeah, and there was a lot of good stuff that they did there as far as producing and, and storytelling and, and homage to TV. Um, there definitely was some really interesting minor character stuff that happened, sure, and uh, some of those sword sword agents. Um, and I will say from that last episode, you know, for as much as I kind of was like I could take or leave a lot of the last couple episodes, um, I I really was into the scene where she did have to say goodbye to this family. Right. And, and mm -hmm. visions like central question of like, what am I? And, mm -hmm. and how they resolved that and brought down the umbrella. Right. Re regardless of how they botched the whole morality of it. Um, I did find that real compelling and the farewell of the children. And, and, and uh, that was kind of like the main thing I wanted to see conclude, right. What's going to happen to these, fake people essentially right justice mustis what about the made-up people <laughs> so the fake family <clears throat> and 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 the, and the farewell the farewell scene with with vision you know was well performed it was sweet mm -hmm. but um 
Yeah, and like, what what do you I mean, say? Is, what do you again, say to your kids when you're closing the door? <laughs> you know, that was interesting to me. <laughs> I'll never see you again. Again, this is what Disney does well: Disney, Star Wars, Marvel, all of it. Right? Um, they don't do moral questions well. I think because they're working from a bad framework, um, but they do emotional arcs and character work well. Yeah. Hmm. 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 Um. Can we talk about Vishon? <laughs> <laughs> By far the best thing to come out of this huh. TV show. We know, we yeah, know you go want for to. It. Go for it. Uh, no, I just, if you don't know, go back and search Vishon, which is V-I-S-H-A-W-N. Um, he, was in a, he was in a turtleneck in one of the final episodes. And so Black, tur- Black Twitter put a gold chain around the turtleneck and turned him into a Black icon. And so if you search Vishon on Twitter, you can see all of these memes that I, I spent a good week laughing at them. They were so funny. Um, <laughs> imagining, imagining Vision as, as a black man and, and all the things that might entail. So, uh, yeah. That was, a, that was a fun pop culture moment there. But, you know, as, as, the, as the spokeswoman... <laughs> Please tell us what all women, women think, Kathy. All women. I'm going to speak on behalf of all women. You know, there was something about um, uh, how Wanda was working through trauma mm-hmm. and how that came off and what that's, uh, and because it was portrayed through Wanda's character. And then the whole, like, in her desire for safety, the whole creation of this family, I also thought was so interesting in a time. Huh where um, there is a lot of conversation about women um, choosing not to have children hmm. and choosing a different route um, and, and trying to talk about and establishing the idea of family that is uh, not the nuclear family, right? It's not about getting married and raising two kids in the suburbs with a white picket fence. So I thought that was a little, that was fascinating to me that, um, that that's still the go-to right? <laughs> in this. of the, the American like, dream. Yeah, the American dream, even though you're created and, um, and your trauma was caused by <laughs> paramilitary terrorism, uh, that the go-to is still this, uh, it's this lie, that, <laughs> right? So she creates a lie, she creates a facade to work through her trauma by buying into the lie, buying into the TV shows that reflect the changing times, but also always go back to this sense of what the American dream is during that period of time. So I found that really interesting. And the, the what happens when your trauma does not get worked through in healthy ways, because yeah. that is real. And we are seeing that like in real time, Every week, yeah, something is happening in the world, even in the smaller world of the United States. Something is happening, happening clearly because people do not have access to working through trauma, but have access to violent tools. Yeah, yeah. Well, well to that end, about her trauma, are we supposed to have noticed more, cared more about how the big bad head of sword was provoking her and? manipulating her and you know arranging it so that she sees the corpse and takes the actions she takes and all that stuff 
I was trying to understand what was happening there. Like it, it clearly seemed like he wanted her to do what she did, but maybe oh, really? I didn't. I didn't read it that way. Like it was, he was a muddy character for sure. Like it was a little unclear if he was meant to be taking the role of a bad guy or not at different moments. Like when he brought her up on top on the catwalk to look down and to see like the shredded body of vision. Yeah, that seems kind of like a bad guy move. And, and he was just like, <laughs> yeah, what do you think? of?" He's like, she's not yours. He's ours. You can't do anything. Like he just kept going until she snapped. And it seemed like he very intentionally wanted that to happen. Oh, I, I read that as he didn't respect her powers and abilities. Yeah, and I just like, thought he didn't know what she could do. Right. And she, I mean, she, she's come into this place, threatened them. And so he's like, look, this, it's a machine. He belongs to us. It's not a, it's not a human body you take and bury like they did with Tony. He's not your boyfriend. Yeah. Well, but that's, isn't that both and though, because he doesn't really understand or respect or have an idea of what she's capable of it it was this kind of like egging on and yeah. quite frankly for me as a woman i all i often feel that is the the um men saying things to me the way they would they would I don't know, say it to another man thinking I'm not going to respond in the same way, right? <laughs> like he won't step up. Right, like do. I'm not going to raise my voice. I'm not going to stand up and match volume and hand gestures as too bad listeners can't see me like flailing my arms when I speak. But I think there is some of that is I can, men feel like they can get away with pushing the emotional limits of women because men just kind of assume we're going to behave or that we don't actually have access to anger yeah, or the power to say F you. <laughs> right. They've misread the power dynamic, right? Well, that not, not always in general with men, but I mean, well, like, I, I, no, they haven't misread it. They've been taught like they're reading it as they have been taught. Right, right? right, And so that's why I, I think for me wanting to go back and kind of sit with the, the, like, what, what does it say that Wanda's trauma is told in this manner, mm -hmm. as opposed to Tony Stark's trauma and how that's told is it's and, and experienced and elevated and made clearly good until maybe it's questionable so hmm. i think all of those things um is wanda good or evil well you know oh, you're a good witch or a bad witch <laughs> <laughs> i would say she was a good witch <laughs> she's a good witch she's a good witch i'm the best witch i'm the scarlet well, witch Kathy, leave it to these two guys to come in with all their moral certitude here and just pass <laughs> judgment <laughs> on the show <laughs> Uh, it's so ironic to talk about judgment while judging us. Hey, let's talk about where we go next. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, some, some, some good legacy questions here around, uh, what's next for Wanda white vision, the boys and Monica. So who mm. wants to, uh, take a stab? Well, I mean, it was, go ahead, Matt. I, I don't know. It's a bummer. Cause I've read all the comics, right? So I'm like, well, here's the six things that will likely happen. Here's the ones that probably won't. So, yeah, bummer. I know. Spoilers. Way to read. Well, so <laughs> it, was, it was it was it was made clear in the post credit scene that the boys are still alive somehow, mm -hmm. right? Or um, something. 
or, or right in the comics you find out it's because oh, uh their their souls were actually created by stealing pieces of souls from hell and so it's possible that wanda will have to go rescue them i totally missed the fact that the boys are alive in the very last scene you know did you see the very last scene clay at the cabin where wanda's studying the book that she takes wait there was a second post credit yeah mm-hmm. i thought we. oh no no clay. wonder you missed it <laughs> um, okay clay so you know what's gonna happen and next you're gonna see to wanda making some tea sitting at a cabin and then you're gonna go inside the cabin and what you're gonna see is the scarlet witch with a scary evil book floating in the air and like reading spells and stuff and the children's voices going save us mommy help that's dark so it's it's already been announced that sam raimi's doctor strange 2 will uh prominently feature wanda Hmm. the multiverse of madness yep not sure how that exactly but that's going to be there uh and then of course monica uh who was in she was the child in captain marvel uh she is uh she acquires powers of some kind in this and uh she becomes in the comic she becomes a character known as photon who has cosmic powers and so she was obviously taken she also goes by captain marvel for a while yeah so she was taken to meet someone could it be nick fury could be captain marvel we'll see any likely in captain marvel 2 um, and uh, White Vision just becomes kind of insufferable and really focused on himself and how everyone imagine. around him is wrong. Yeah. And uh, it just kind of takes over stuff. Yeah. yeah I, wasn't, I wasn't it. a fan of White. I'm not a fan of White Vision. For what that Neither means. was Vishon. <laughs> I am a fan of Paul Bettany. I assume White Vision is their, their, I mean, this is essentially what happens in the comics too. It's their back door to eventually bringing back the vision that died, right? Right. Yeah. Money, 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 money. Uh, in case money, folks money. were not aware, you know, one of the things that's fun about these Marvel shows is never knowing who's going to pop up. And Paul Bettany said that in the final episode of WandaVision, he finally got to play against an actor he's always greatly admired and really looked forward to acting against for a long time. So people were wondering, oh, are they introducing Reed Richards? Are they going to bring in Samuel Jackson? Like, who? who is this other actor? And then, of course, it turned out Paul Bettany was trolling everyone, and it was him getting to play against himself as the two ah. visions uh, going head to head. So uh, props visions. to Paul Bettany for that. Classic the, um, Bettany. Go ahead. The other, the other thing you might just notice is the last the last episode for sure, maybe the last two were filmed post-pandemic. Uh, so it affected some things. They had to rewrite the script a little oh. bit. So some of the stuff that you're like, oh, that seemed a little like- I was wondering about I thought this. it was going to go. It's because there's o- there's literally only two characters in almost every scene. Uh, and a lot of times, even the background scenes are, they, uh, they did them in post, right? Like kids running around at Halloween are in the background, but that was all filmed separately and then like pasted uh-huh. in essentially. Uh, so that the affected some, yeah they rewrote some stuff to be able to work around that and I, I think you can see a little bit of that yeah uh, can we before we wrap up talk about Pietro Pietro go for it oh, I just Pietro. hated it fake Pietro well yeah. this is it right so so, so yeah uh, original Pietro in the Marvel Cinematic Universe was played by the kid that was uh, he, uh, Aaron 
I forget his last name. He he was in Kretzman. he was kick ass, uh, not Kretzman. He um, is kick ass. Yeah, I mean yes, but he played he played him in the movie. Uh, Aaron Eisenberg? No, that's Jesse Eisenberg. Anyway, Kretzman. Uh, I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, in the Fox Mar in the Fox Marvel X Men movies, uh, Pietro was played by Evan Peterson. Uh, or uh, Quicksilver, right? And so uh, now, of course, since since he was since there were two Quicksilvers, Disney has bought Fox, and the X Men are now owned again by Marvel. And so there has been a lot of speculation about how and when Marvel is going to introduce the X Men into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So when Pietro shows up, and it's X Men Pietro, not Dead Pietro from Age of Ultron. A lot of us were like, oh my gosh, this is such a cool, weird way to do this. What it ended up being was a fake out where uh, Agatha randomly picked a random guy who lived in the town and made him Pietro. Now, the showrunner said that their original intention was not to troll Marvel fans uh, into thinking that this was the introduction of the X-Men into this universe. Um, their, their logic, and I, I understand this, but I think it was a very bad decision, was that they wanted you to feel the same sort of anxiety Wanda felt in that this was Pietro, but not quite Pietro. And so a way of casting a different Pietro would, would make us feel the same thing as Wanda felt. I think the showrunner uh, maybe has never met a comics fan. I don't buy it. I think the fake out is a fake out. It was a troll, intentional troll. No, 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 no. I think when you find out that the okay, Pietro, the new Pietro. And then yeah. they're like, no, he's not Pietro at all. He's this other dude. I think that part was a fake out. I think it actually is Pietro. Okay. Because he has like a goofy name. He even laughs at his own name Boner? when they reveal his actual name. <laughs> yeah, they're like, his name is Boner. And he's like, <laughs> Boner. I'm like, who laughs at their own name if you have like a messed up name that you get teased about your whole life? No one. Okay. It's really him, JR. Okay. Well, if that's the case, I'll revise my judgment, but Good. I was, I was very irritated by that. I felt like it was, it was an example of the, sh of the Marvel showrunner people trolling Marvel fans, not, you know, not something that was organic in the show. I didn't know if anyone else had strong feelings about it. Nah. It was confusing. It was, I tried to explain it to Micah, but she had never seen any of the X-Men movies. She was like, I don't understand. <laughs> well, and again, the Doctor Strange movie is about the multiverse, right? So, so right, I mean, exactly. there were all of these, there were already, there was all of this stuff around it that made this seem like something that, again, fans had been waiting for for a right. long time. Something that it, it wasn't. Right. And it was just, it felt, it felt like mean and unnecessary. It felt like, a, and it felt cheap. It felt like a cheap way to, because again, at the end of that episode, the whole internet exploded. People were like, whoa. Right. And then it was kind of like, uh. was so like then no, confusing. that was all a lie. So, well, it was all a lie, wasn't it? <laughs> it, was. it was like when that Jedi showed right. up for baby Yoda and it he wasn't pulled like his, that at all. His hood back, and everyone was like, <gasps> Oh, it's Lark Skyknocker. And everyone was like, Ah, dang it, Lark Skyknocker. I thought it was gonna be someone else. Uh, Star Wars fans never let us have anything fun. <laughs> hey, what's fascinating you guys this week? So I went to a movie theater. Whoa. 
Uh, I'm, you do that? I'm double shot full vaccinated. I saw a movie. What? Uh, it was the out? new. It was the new Bob Odenkirk movie. Nobody. Oh, how was that? You saw it? I didn't think I you did were going to go see it. Wait, is that I... a John Wick movie? I was confused. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, uh, is it in the John Wick universe? Not as far as I can tell. Oh. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this movie. Mm. Um, okay, so you know how Fight Club is a parody of toxic masculinity, but right. it's so thoroughly a parody, toxic men don't understand that. And it was written by a toxic man, so you're like, wait a minute, maybe he means it? Yeah. Ooh, keep talking though, because I didn't well, know that this was a possibility. <laughs> I, that's what's happening here. I am like ninety percent sure that this is meant to be a parody of toxic masculinity, but I'm a hundred percent sure that none of the toxic men will get that. <laughs> okay. Hey, if there's any toxic men listening, I just believe in you. You can do this. I think you'll be able to see it. Like it's it, again, it, it's so thoroughly inhabited what it was doing. But there were these moments that I was like, if this is accidental, then the people making this are the dumbest people ever, which I've met people. So it's possible. Right. Bob but like I, super smart, though. Right. Yeah, Not that's Bob my hope. No, I'm, I'm talking about like music bits, even the writing. Like, I don't, it was I don't know. I, I want more people to see this so we can discuss my, my buddy that I saw it with. Uh, he agreed that it was probably meant to be skewering it's like it's a home invasion thing they come and they break into the dude's house and it turns out he has a past as some sort of like super military dude and then he destroys everything Uh, what they didn't count on yes i will say that that's essentially the trailer you know i will say that the trailer does a very good job of setting that that is the basic expectation of the film and then there's still plenty of surprises in the film okay oh interesting but but yeah basically at the start of the movie he is this like you know uh classic like beta male suburbanite you know um i don't know what you're talking about uh you know he rides the bus while his muscular neighbor has this like chevy corvette like super hot rod um you know, his wife earns more money than he does. He watches uh, every, a bully push his kid down. I mean, it's that kind of like, right? And that's what I'm saying. Like, some it's it's like so it's laid on so thick at the beginning of the movie that I was just like, this has to be a joke, right? Like, there's there's, there's no, no way. way, there's no way, but there is a way. We all know. Like, I, I tried to quit expecting anything out of people. So, um, and then yeah, there's a home invasion, and he, uh, you know, he doesn't fight back. And so then, of course, no one in his family respects him. Um, and then he snaps. Uh, he becomes so, his true self. Know. Right, right. And so, it's, it, it, again, it, the, the surface reading of the movie is that behind every, like, wimpy, uh, feminized suburbanite guy is a tough-as-nails ex-Marine like blah blah hey, blah, you know. I just want to say, as a wimpy feminized suburbanite, that that is not true of me. <laughs> not like, true of me you either. Cut me and pull off my skin; <laughs> it'll just be a skinless wimpy. Oh, uh, Matt, don't hide your life under a bushel. Feminist, feminist. Fem- well, that's what I'm saying, right? That's that's it's feminized. it's again. It feels on the surface, at least, like this wish fulfillment sort of, you know, take take back masculinity for men. But there's there are so many moments that wink at you in this that I was like I think I think this is a parody, 
<laughs> you hope. I hope you it's hope. a parent. I hope, but our I also world think- has made it hard. Correct. So yeah. that's that's nobody. I'm conflicted about it, and I would love to talk more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also feel like I need to bring a report. I promised that I would watch Chaos Walking, the yeah. quote unquote unwatchable Tom Ridley or Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley film. Um, it's fine. I think Clay will actually love it. <laughs> um, I don't know how to feel about that. I just think if Daisy Ridley's in it, you're going to at least enjoy watching it. And Tom, Tom Holland, Holland. and Daily, Daisy Ridley are really charming, especially once Daisy Ridley has permission to speak in the movie, which does take a while. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> shoot. Man. Uh, Men. Is there only one strong woman in that movie, though? That's what I want to know. Yes. I feel like if I answer that, that, that it will be spoilery. <gasps> Jared's giving us nonverbal cues on the video right now. Yeah. So okay, cool. It's, well, it's I might not, check it out. It's certainly not unwatchable. Oh, it's JR, not great. If our listeners had to choose between watching Nobody and Chaos Walking, oh, what there would you, you tell them? Uh, probably Nobody, but. I am hesitant to recommend that film for all of the reasons I just said. All right. That's maybe, yeah. maybe just watch Mad Max Fury Road again. I don't really need any more toxic masculinity in my life. Even really? parodies of it, Kathy? Even parodies of it. Okay. Well, yeah. then I just want to be reminded of it. Uh, no, then definitely I mean, the reality don't watch, is bad enough. So. Then definitely don't watch either of them. Okay. Oh. Good to know. Okay. There are lots Kathy, of toxic what about men you? in chaos um, I, <laughs> I really enjoyed <laughs> It's just a two episode uh, series on Netflix, Korean Pork Belly Rhapsody. Oh. I was kind of feeling like is I wanted this to watch. Real life? Is no. this just pork belly? I don't use that. What, what is this show about? <laughs> it's about pork belly. <laughs> it actually is about pork belly? It is. Nice. I was it like, is. is this the name of like one of those sitcoms no, or those uh, no, soap operas about, that you're like meteor shower it's about dance? about pork belly night. and how it became like a thing for Koreans and the different like methods of grilling and yes and it made me escape from the culinary so it was lovely it was (laughs) lovely it's something you know it uh, it's kind of like comfort food and it's not necessarily like hoity-toity food uh-huh. Right, very accessible pork belly, and I can get it at Costco in massive amounts. What? Right? Open your mouth, bite into the pork, and see. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize this was going to be an entire concert. Um, we also Just did go see. Uh, hey, let the strong woman speak. Singing? Why are you singing in that falsetto, too? Um, uh, what was that monster movie? The Godzilla movie. Godzilla vs. Kong. Yes. We went to Dawn see it. Justice. Justice. We went to see it. Oh, at we the theater? At the theater, because the boys were all home and you know, socially distanced and all that kind of wear a mask, all that good stuff. And so the boys were like, We just want to see the monster stuff. Okay, let's do this. Family time. So we enjoyed the monster stuff. Good. It was fun. It was weird That's though what... being back in the theater. It was like, ah. Oh. Can I ask you, Kathy, what your favorite part of that movie was? I don't know if there was a favorite part. <laughs> How's that? Was it when they hacked into the energy pillar at the center of the earth? 
That was so strange. There were so many moments. There were so many moments where I was like, this doesn't make any sense, but it's okay. Because I'm not here for it to make sense. I'm not here for the plot. That's right. I'm here actually because my sons wanted to see it. And this is how I do family time. That's right. I, the whole time I was watching it, I was like, this is so dumb, but I'm having so much fun. <laughs> Who am I cheering for? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much like the parts with Kong were good. Um, it's because you're part of the, you're the anti-lizard crowd. I mean, at least they got to a lot of monsters doing stuff, right? Yes. Right. Because ultimately, like, isn't that why that movie exists? I like that part where Kong put on his apron and was like cooking some bread on Skull Island. That was one of my favorite parts. <laughs> All right, Matt, what's fascinating you? <laughs> okay, uh, I'm surprised to say that I'm really enjoying a new sitcom that oh. just came out this season called Young Rock. It's uh, kind of the basic conceit is you have Dwayne Johnson, uh, who is young, or he, he is the rock, right? It's 10 or 15 years in our future. He's sitting down with Randall Park, who's interviewing him because he's trying to become president. And as he's being interviewed, he keeps thinking back to his childhood. And, uh, you know, he comes from a famous wrestling family. So there's all these cameos from people playing uh, Andre the Giant or, you know, Randy Macho Man Savage or whatever. Uh, So it, it has moments when he's in Hawaii, when he's a kid. And then when he gets a little older, it's like high school scenes and college scenes, depending on the episode. They're really fun. It's funny. The actors and all, it's mostly the flashbacks, right? But the actors are great. It's really family. Like, um, like, hey, the most important thing is our family and our extended family, kind of our wrestling family. And that's way more important than how the kids at school look at you. So it's just wholesome, really fun. It's funny. I laugh at every episode. It's a little bit ridiculous. And I think just The Rock, right? He's just a likable person. So, and that's kind of what the show is. It's like, well, you know, he made mistakes when he was a kid, but look at how cool his family was. And look, he was still kind of likable and still loved his mom, you know, like that kind of thing. So 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's it's fun. It's fun. I like it. We're I think Krista and I have one or two more episodes to catch up. Um, but yeah, we've been enjoying it. Is it better or worse than young Sheldon? I've never seen young Sheldon. So I'm going to say better. (laughs) It's fair. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. How about you, Clay? Um, Yeah. I've been able to check out a couple of, uh, of things lately. So this, the one that I'm going to just mention is a movie. I think it's a newer release because we did a rental off Amazon or whatever. It's called vault. Uh Did anybody see that pop up in your feed? Nope. I have not seen it yet, but I was hoping it was good. Yeah, it's um, um, blanking on his name, Ian. Oh my goodness, from Game of Thrones, the Scottish guy who was who was there kind of all the way through with Daenerys. Um, Jr., look that up. What the heck was the character? He was the knight who was loyal. Sir Jorah. Not Jorah. Mclaird. Uh, oh my goodness, I can't believe. Well, it's been three years since Game of Thrones. Anyway, he's in it. Um, Freddie. Dario. High- no, Freddie Highsmith. Um, oh, the Onion Knight. It's the Onion Knight. Oh, Davos? He was with Stans. Yeah, sorry. Davos is in it. Uh, Freddie Highsmith, I guess the good doctor. I never watched it, but um, he actually produced it. 
Uh, he's really good. But anyway, it's written as though it's a true story. Like it's, it's a, it's a Hollywood, it's a total heist movie. It's like, it's based on a real event the way they did it. And then you get to the end and you're like, I'm pretty sure it was all fiction. Like even the actual, like there was a heist once, but like the backdrop is cool. It's kind of unsuspected. Uh, you, you don't suspect how it's going to go at the very end. Um, even though it follows the heist formula. So it's not like groundbreaking, but it was just a really fun heist film uh, that had all the elements that, that I think you would want. So Vault was there. And I did read Stephen King's book later, which I think just came out a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, and uh, real fast read. Um, yeah, definitely like fans of The Sixth Sense and I don't know, like there's it's 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 in that um detective series that they kind of started with the colorado kid and then they did joyland this is like the third book on that imprint um but it definitely has the elements of horror as always so yeah vault and later both enjoyable this week nice all right folks well this has been our episode on wandavision lots to talk about so we'd love to hear what you made of trauma what you think of marvel's dealing with good guys and bad guys and what you're looking forward to next in the marvel cinematic universe well of course of what you're fascinated by congrats once again to four seasons total landscaping for winning our pop culture bracketology this year Mm -hmm. and we'll be back next week with a special guest matt you want to run run through what's happening next week yeah next week we're going to have my friend sb divya who uh, she just had her first novel come out. It's called Machine Hood. And it's all about, it's set in the near future where AI, what they call dumb AI, have kind of taken over most jobs. So people are living on the gig economy, essentially. Uh, And it's a story about sort of the, what's going on in the midst of that. And then there's a global crisis they have to deal with. It's actually great, really interesting, fun, uh, near future science fiction. So uh, yeah, Divya will be with us to talk about that. So I think you'll enjoy it. Awesome. Well, until next week, thanks for listening along. Thanks for uh, following along with the show, uh, engaging with us at facebook.com slash the fascinating podcast or Twitter on with hashtag fascinating or on TikTok uh, at uh, tiktok.com slash at Kathy Kong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, until next week, take care of yourselves, go get vaccinated and uh, keep wearing your masks. <laughs>